know if anybody's noticed anything different about the sanctuary or the foyer hallways if you didn't know it by now I just want you to know our new series is called one um, I, I tried to drop a few hints but I don't know if uh, anybody noticed but uh, I hope maybe that you noticed and uh, so but anyway you know for the next few weeks we're going to look at how God has made us to be one body working together in community. Amen? And even though we're individuals, we come together to be unified as one. And so what does that look like? Before we begin, I want to read one verse to you from Ephesians. Go with me to chapter 2 of Ephesians, and I want to read to you verse 10. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. Uh, If you don't have that particular version, I do have it on the screen behind me. The New Living Translation, it says it this way, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the things He planned for us long ago. I want everybody, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to tell them, you are God's masterpiece. Just do that. I want you to know this morning, you are a masterpiece, and here is how I know that. You know how I know that you're a masterpiece? God created you. God created you. That's why I know you're a masterpiece. You know, there have been a lot of masterpieces created in this world over the many years that the world has been in existence. And I did a search. And I found the top 10 must-see masterpieces in the world. And this is what came up in this order. Number one, Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci. It was completed in 1506. Number two was The Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci. It was completed in 1498. The Creation of Adam by Michelangelo, which is a part of the ceiling on the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican Museum. And it took him four years just to paint this part. And then uh, uh, number four, David by Michelangelo, it was completed in 1504. Uh, Number five, the Pieta by Michelangelo, it was presented to Rome, St. Peter's uh, Basilica in 1500 when Michelangelo was just 25 years old. Uh, Number six, uh, Guernica by Picasso, it was completed in 1937. Uh, Number seven, the Scream by Edvard Munch. Uh, it was completed in uh, 1893. Number eight, Starry Night by Vincent Van Gogh. It was completed in 1889. Uh, number nine, The Birth of Venus by Botticelli. Or Botticelli, I'm not sure how you say it. 
Uh, it was completed in 1487. And then the 10th one that they had listed on this was the Venice de Milo. And it dates all the way back to between 100 and 130 B.C. But each one of these took years to create. And just like it takes time for all of these masterpieces to be created, it takes time for you to turn into all that God wants you to be. Amen? And sometimes it's a hard and it's a difficult process, but God is working on you in ways that you may not always understand. Because you're a masterpiece. This is not something that's going to be done overnight. Sure, you're going to go through some valleys. Sure, you're going to go through some ups and downs. But I want you to know that God is creating you in to be something special. He's doing a work in you. I want to show you a video. Danny Gokey sings a song called Masterpiece. And he does a video where he, it's him telling the story of how he came up with a song. Here it is. When I think of why we wrote the song Masterpiece and every time I get up on stage and I sing it, I think of one core thing that we share. That's pain. Pain can be very devastating. You know, a lot of times for those of us who trust God and given our lives to God, we feel like we have a card to get out of pain. Yet we find ourselves in pain and we're questioning God in the middle of that situation. How do I know this? I've been there. When I went through the loss of a spouse, when I walked through the depression, when I went through anxiety, when I went through things that I don't even share with people, a lot of times my heart was saying, God, I trust you, but then my head was saying, but you know what, this isn't working, and God, I love you. why am I going through this? What if I were to tell you that the very thing that you're going through, the pain that you're experiencing now, if it's whether it's the addiction, the divorce, the tragedy, whatever it may be, what if God wants to use that very thing and heal you and raise you up on a stage and make you a voice of hope? For people who are in pain and who are going through the very exact thing that you're going through. How do I know this? Because I've been there. But one of my favorite verses that this song was based on is based out of Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are his masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. I don't know what people have told you your whole life. And right now you can honestly forget what they said about you. Because the author of your life, the one who created you, the one whose word brought life and everything into being says that you're a masterpiece and you were created anew in Christ Jesus for good works. I don't know what your mistakes have been. I don't know what the addiction was. I don't know what the divorce or the tragedy, I don't know whose fault it was, but here's what I know is when you come to Christ, you are a new creation. And the Bible simply says this, you're created for good works that you were made to do long before you were ever put here on earth. God has a plan for your life. And I know right now, maybe you're saying in your heart, God, I trust you, but my head says this isn't working. I think of that one line that's been the one line for my life when I walked through so many negative situations, so many painful things, when I thought I was going to die. It was, God, even though I'm hurting, I'll let you keep working. And I want to remind you, God's going to take those things that you went through And you're going to look back and say, God, I'm glad that I went through that because I'm stronger because I went through it. I'm more anointed because I went through it. You are a masterpiece. Do not give up. Keep moving forward. The pain will turn into triumph, and you'll see that God's plan for your life did prevail. shaping the sun in me
know, that last line he said, although I'm hurt and I'm going to let you keep working. You see, there are times that we go through ups and downs, we go through valleys, we go through things, and we just want to say, I'm done, I quit, I'm finished, it's over, I don't have anything else to give anymore. But can I tell you that God's not finished with you yet? He's not done with you yet. He's creating a masterpiece that's going to be something far greater than you ever hoped about or ever imagined about. Why? Because God created you. He loves you. He loves you more than you ever could imagine. And he's doing a work in you right now. And we just have to open ourselves up and let God do his work. He still wants to use you in ways that you've never thought of. Don't give up living your life. You know, we live in a country where they promote individualism. And can I just say, there's nothing wrong with individualism. I'm going to say that at the beginning. Except, here's the problem. Individualism has drawn us farther and farther away from community. Do you hear what I'm saying? It has taken us away from people, but God made us as a masterpiece to have communion with each other and come together with one another to work together to fulfill the calling that he's placed on each of us. We are his masterpiece. You know, a masterpiece, it's not made to just sit in a closet somewhere. What do they do? They place it in a museum. And usually there's a light that shines on that masterpiece so that everybody can see it, so that anybody that travels through, they can come to that museum and they can see this gorgeous work of art. They can see this scripture, or this, this sculpture. You know, every, every uh, uh, work of art that I read to you, the top ten, they're all either in a museum somewhere, they're, they're, they've, you know, and even the, I believe it was the Statue of David was even placed in the, uh, was placed outside, and they, they moved it inside to make sure that it, the elements wouldn't continue to make, deteriorate it. But these are works of art. You see, you weren't made to just sit and just to soak up the things that you just, you know, I'm just sitting here and I'm just enjoying all this. You weren't made for that. Why? Because you're a masterpiece. God made you as a masterpiece. He wants you to go out and to do the things and fulfill the things that God has created you to do. He's given you talents, he's given you abilities, he's given you hopes, he's given you dreams, he's given you all these things, and that's what you were made to go and fulfill and to do the things that God has spoken into your life to do. Because you're a masterpiece. You're a work of art. You don't ever see anybody taking the Mona Lisa and putting the bottom of a birdcage, do we? (laughs) It it, it doesn't happen, does it? You don't see anybody using the uh, statue of David as a gigantic paperclip, do they? I mean, a gigantic paperweight, do they? I mean, it's, it's displayed for all to see. It's, it's used, it's there to be used so that they can uh, fulfill uh, their, their work. The people can acknowledge their work and see how wonderful that work is. God made you special whether you think you are or not. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. You know that? God made you. And God said a long time ago, I don't make junk, Right? I want you to know, God told you, I don't make junk. I don't make things. And, and you know, you may go through your life, and you may have been living however long you've been living on this earth. And you may say, but I've made mistakes. I, I have done some things. I, I, I don't see why God could ever forgive me. I don't, I don't know why God could ever show mercy and grace to me because I don't deserve it. And you sit there and you feel like you don't deserve it. But I want you to know that God is telling you today that it doesn't matter what you did back then. It's what you're going to do for me in the future. Amen? 
because God cares for you and God loves you and God wants to do some amazing things. But in order for you to be the masterpiece that God has called you to be, here are two things that you need to do. Number one, you need to live up to your purpose. Live up to your purpose. A lot of times, because we walk around in self-defeat, because we walk around and say, well, I'm not worthy, or we walk around and say, well, I, I, I can't do this, or I can't do that, we just sit there in our self-pity, and we just say, well, I, I'll, just, I'll just be content to sit here. It's time to stop just sitting there, but it's time to live up to the purpose that God has given you of who God wants you to be. Don't sit there and waller in the past and waller in the thoughts and the, and the failures, but sit there and figure out who can I be? What can take me to another level? Last week, that's what I talked about. Remember the ladders? How can I get to that next level? If for some reason you missed last week, go watch it on YouTube. But you need to use the gifts and the talents that God has blessed you with. You were given those gifts and talents for his purpose. God sent his son to come to this world to die as a sacrifice, period. Amen? You know why he did that? So that you could be who he called you to be. He did that so that we could live. The ultimate, the ultimate masterpiece the perfect masterpiece. But that's what God sent his son so that we can be living, breathing pictures of God's grace and God's mercy. We've got to utilize how great we are in Christ. We have to realize that God wants more for us than we want for ourselves. Think about that. How many of us get satisfied with just a little bit? If I was to give you a $20 bill right now, you'd be pretty happy with that, wouldn't you? You know, you couldn't buy much with it. Not today. You could probably take that $20 bill and go get you, what, three gallons of gas, maybe, if you're lucky. You know, you could take that $20 bill, you could go probably buy some bread and some, uh, we, we took $20 to the store, was it last Sunday, I think it was, and we got, I think, bread and we got something to drink and, I don't know, we got a few little things to get us through until Monday came, you know, but... Uh, you know, so, so you could get a few little items for 20. You'd be pretty happy with that. But what if I sat there and as you were enjoying that $20 bill, I said, but I have a hundred right here and it's yours for the taking. (laughs) Exactly. Sure. We're satisfied with the 20, right? But think of how much more you could have or how much more you could be enjoying if you just opened up and just received what God wanted to give you. Sure, the 20 is great. Sure, the 20 can get me a little farther, but that $100 bill is going to get me much farther, right? right. I could actually drive a, 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 a week on that, right? You know, I think it costs me about $100 to fill up my truck, you know, and, uh, and that gets me about a week. And then I'm turning around and I'm having to fill it up again. You know, some of you are like, man, $100 ain't even going to get me that, you know. But, but, but $100 is better than that 20 and it's something that we get, you know, and the, the blessings are there just waiting for us to receive them if we just reach up and understand that God has more for us than we ever think for ourselves. God has so much more. He's so much greater. He wants so much greater for us. The second thing that you have to do is you have to recognize the value of others. This is something I want to spend just a little bit of time on this morning. Go with me to Philippians chapter 2 of your Bible. Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. 
Everybody say do nothing. Oh, y'all can say it louder than that. Say do nothing. All right, here we go. You're with me. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, Paul tells us here that we need to recognize the value in others. So I'm gonna give you some I'm gonna give you some things to remember. Don't be selfish. You know, we're, we're born with a selfish nature. You understand what I'm saying? What is it a kid says whenever they, they first wake up? Or when they first, you know, me, I, mine. That's the first words they learn before they say, usually before they say mama or daddy. Yeah, I mean, if, that, if mama or daddy is the first word they're saying, I promise you the next word they're going to learn is mine. Mine. What does a child do? If they have something, they want it, they say what? Mine. It, it may not even be theirs, but guess what? They're going to learn that word because we are born with a selfish nature inside of us. We come out wanting. What happens if a baby's hungry? They cry, right? What happens if they're hungry? They cry. If they want change, they cry. You say, yeah, but they're babies. They can't help. I understand they can't, but that's the way. And then what happens as that child begins to move? They start having these, these selfish uh, tendencies but why because we have to teach them about sharing right we have to teach them and we have to train them and we have to show them why because we are born with that nature that nature that comes into our life and we decide at a point at some point down the line that we have to decide not to be selfish anymore paul tells us here don't be selfish think about other people Can I tell you that just like you are a masterpiece, the person next to you is a masterpiece. Just like we are made in the image of God and God has something great for us and God has something great in store for us, guess what? The person next to you is made in the image of God. They have something great in store for them. God wants to do something great in their life. Guess what? They are a masterpiece as well. And we should treat one another with the same respect that we want to be treated with. Amen? There's something about a masterpiece. God, God said, or Paul said in his word, don't be selfish. And sure, we like to get ahead in life, right? I do. I, I, I don't want to just be satisfied with where I'm at. I want more of what God has for me. I want God to do more things in my life. I want to see where God's going to take me, new heights that God's going to take me to. Sure, I want to. And there's nothing wrong with, uh, um, with, with, 
getting ahead and moving forward and, and having a better life for ourselves. Matter of fact, you should try to get better, right? You should have, want to have more or desire more. Why? Because those are blessings. God wants to bless us. God wants to pour out blessings upon us. But we should approach everything in humility. We should see the value in everyone else. Romans, I want to read Romans uh, 12, 3. It says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. But we also need to remember that being humble does not mean that we should put ourselves down. Do you hear what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Just because you're humble doesn't mean that you're going to insult yourself. Doesn't mean that you're going to belittle yourself. You are more than a conqueror. You were created to be who God has created you to be. You are a masterpiece. You are something special. God wants to elevate you to new levels, to new heights. So just because you humble yourselves does not mean that you put your own self down. But we need to remember um, that, that we are to humble ourselves. Be who God wants us to be. Remember, we're all sinners saved only by God's grace, right? And we're saved, and therefore we have great worth in God's kingdom. So another thing that Paul's telling us here, he says, put others first. Every one of us should not completely be absorbed in our own concerns and spiritual growth, but we need to also look at others. As we are growing, as we are developing, as we are being all that God wants us to be, what can we do to help the others that are around us be elevated to new heights and new levels. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be working on myself. You say, you say, well, I don't have time for everybody else. I, I, you know, I've got to make sure that God... It, can I tell you that as, as you're growing, you can help others grow. As they're growing, they can help you grow. Do you see how this works? It, we, we, we are helping one another. We are developing one another. We are helping each other get to new heights, to new places, to the to new places where God wants us to go. Jesus was always quick to point out the potential of others. We can look at the stories of all the disciples. Think about who these disciples were. I mean, they were smelly fishermen. Anybody ever gone fishing? Man, you go out there for a while, it starts to smell that... Uh, Chicken liver that <laughs> David likes to use all the time. Can I just tell you, that stuff's gross. It's just nasty. We went fishing the other day and putting that, <laughs> he laughed at me. I said, here, you want to put it on my hook? I didn't want to touch it, man. That stuff's just gross, you know? But after a while, I had to do it myself, you know? So I started putting that stuff on and your hands are just like, okay, I need to wipe them somewhere, you know? And then after a while, after you get done and you're leaving, you go home, I, you know, I go home and I try to wash my hands immediately because you, you smell your hands and it, what, it stinks, right? So you can just imagine, I mean, here, here Jesus, he's walking along and the first disciples he comes to, he comes to the, uh, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. And you know what they are? They're all fishermen. And they're all out there fishing, and they're mending their nets, and they're just, I mean, they're getting stuff ready, and Jesus says, I, I'm sure there might even been a part of Jesus that says, hey, you want to get away from this stinky job? 
You know, I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I'm sure they were making pretty good money and they loved doing it, you know, because there was other times later on that they were fishing. But, you know, I'm sure he's thinking, hey, I've got something far greater. Matter of fact, you're fishing for fish, but I'm going to make you fishers of men if you'll come follow me. You know, we're going we're to do some far greater things. So he gets some fishermen. But not only does he get fishermen, you ever heard of Simon the disciple? You know what he was? He was a zealot. Simon is that man he was a rebellious sucker he was ready to for a fight he just wanted to go fight he didn't care he was just ready he'll take on anybody hey hey come on yeah you're going to change the kingdom Jesus I mean that's what he heard you're, you're going you're the messiah you're I, I think the messiah's coming he's going to come with great war and he's going to just I mean just tear I'll go with you you know I mean he was ready for a fight he's just looking for a fight some rebellious dude and then there's somebody by the name of Matthew you ever heard of Matthew I mean, this guy was a tax collector. I mean, you talking about the low of the low. I mean, he was down at the bottom. They hated tax collectors. They didn't want nothing to do with tax collectors. Why? Because they sat there and robbed people and they cheated people. And they, I mean, they were just the worst. But Jesus said, I'm going to do something far greater in your life than you ever thought you could imagine. You see, Jesus looked at what they could become, not what they were. And some of us, we sit there and we keep our eyes on what people are now, not what they can become. And it's time that we look at somebody through the lens and through the eyes that Jesus looks at them and we see who they can be and who who God wants them to be and we help them to mature and to grow and to develop into who they can become because God has something far greater for them than we ever thought or could imagine. I'm a very competitive person. I like to win, but in my life I've had to take a step back and I've had to realize that sometimes it's just a game. You can ask my kids, man. We'll be playing Monopoly. We'll be playing, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I like that was Ticket to Ride. And, you know, I mean, these different games, I want to win. My, when my kids were little, everybody said, oh, you should get, no, my kids, you're going you're gonna to learn how to play this game. I'm going to beat you every time. I don't care how old you are. I'm going to beat you at this game. You know, you want to beat me, then you're going to have to get better to figure out how to beat me. I don't care how old you are. You could be three years old and not know nothing about the game. Learn the game, chump, right? You know what I'm saying? I want to win. I'm going to win. You know, and I'm going to play to win. You can ask my kids. It's always been that way. Dad plays to win. Dad's not playing around. I don't like to lose. But sometimes we have to step back and we have to say, okay, what's going on here? Why? Because God has all created us in different ways. And we have to realize that we're in this game together, right? We are not just an individual playing a game. We are, we are a group of people becoming one bunch of masterpieces getting together to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon all of our lives. God wants to move us all to a new level. And so we need to go to that new level together. Amen? Amen. We need to work together. You know, I, I like football, and, and it's a team sport. It's not an individual sport. You know, chess, checkers, there are some things like that that are individuals. Golf is an individual sport, you know. I mean, there are uh, tennis players, you can play a singles match. That's, that's an individual sport. So there are individual sports where you're only as good as you are. But football's a team sport. If you had just the quarterback out there, he's going to get clobbered every time because the other team's got a team. 
You need everybody on your team doing their job, blocking, going out for a pass, catching, receiving, running, whatever it is, you need everybody working together. That's the way the church works. We are a team united together going forward to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon our life. Another thing that he told us, that Paul told us, we got to have the mindset of Jesus Christ. The best example that we can follow is that of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All of us should adopt the same attitude that is found in Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. I want you to think about it. Take a moment and think about Christ for just a second. Think about all the stories that you've ever read about the type of person that he is. Think about how unselfish he was when he went to the cross to die for you. Also think about how he came back from the dead to give you hope. Now with those images, with those pictures in mind of thinking how selfless Christ was, how he always was trying to do for other people, even on the cross, He looked at his enemies, the people that hated him, that despised him. He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. This is who Christ was. So with that image in mind, I want you to think about this for just a second. Can you imagine Jesus as a grump? (laughs) So negative by midday that people cross the street to avoid eye contact? Or can you imagine Jesus waking in the morning and making statements like, What a dull day I'm sleeping in. Can you imagine Jesus telling everyone how bad he was at everything? Or can you imagine Jesus bragging on himself and having everyone thinking how great he is? Let me say this. If Jesus doesn't fit these scenes, neither should you. Now I know we all have bad days. There are times that you just Today's rough. It may be hard to get out of bed. It may be hard that alarm goes off and you may be like, Lord, help me get through this day. Can I tell you, that's when we just have to take a deep breath, take it all in and realize today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice in this day no matter what comes my way. No matter what I feel like, no matter what I'm going through, I have to understand that God is on my side Jesus is with me. Jesus is my example, and I'm going to follow that example today. We should get up with the same zeal that Jesus had. Amen? We should go throughout your day knowing that God the Father will guide you each and every hour. And when the day comes to a close, we refresh ourselves in the tender mercies of the Lord. And we don't let the day's pressures make us a grump. Amen? I know I can be a grump sometimes. And my wife said, amen. But I also have to remember that there are times that I need to get up and realize that no matter whether I want to or not, it is the day the Lord has made. And I'm going to live my day, I'm going to live my life the way that Jesus lived his. Amen? Amen? The way a masterpiece treats another masterpiece is by making yourself a humble servant like Jesus. Amen. Jesus humbled himself and he served. 
How are you serving those around you? Here's a few scenarios. Mom to her kids, a dad to his kids, a husband to your wife, a wife to your husband, employee to employer, employer to employee, neighbor to neighbor, stranger to stranger. Also, how are you serving online? Do you hide behind your username or do you lift those up that you come in contact with? You were created by God and you are a masterpiece. Every one of you come into contact with what, with what, with what was created by God and that makes them a masterpiece as well. We are God's masterpiece. And if we are going to be one, if we are going to get community right, then we have to recognize that we are all masterpieces and we need to act like it. Amen? Amen. So here's three-step process I want you to take this morning. First thing you need to do, you need to pray that God will help you realize that you are a masterpiece. Ask Him to reveal it to you. Ask Him to show you your value in His eyes. Do you hear what I'm saying? Your value. Your value. A lot of times we don't think about ourselves, but I want you to think about yourself for just a moment. And when you get up in the morning, I want you to pray and say, God, I want to see my value. I want you to reveal your value, my value to you, to, to me. Ask him to help you see yourself the way that he sees you. It's important that we do that. And then the second thing is ask God to help you see others the way he sees them. Can I tell you that if we ask God to look through his eyes at other people, that we will see people a lot differently? Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you understand where I'm going? You, you won't look at that person the same way. Some of us, we sit there and we look at these, and, and I'm just going to use politics for just a minute. I'm not getting on politics, but we look at these political figures. I don't care what side they're on, but we look at them and we cast judgment upon them. But the whole thing is why they believe the way they believe. We don't know the battles that they've gone through to get to the point of where they're at. Do you hear what I'm saying? But if we look at them through God's eyes, we see a person, not a political figure. Do you hear what I'm saying? When we see a murderer, a rapist, these people that are vile and evil, if we look at them through God's eyes, we see somebody completely different. You say, but they should pay for what they've done. I ain't, I'm not disputing anything. I believe people should have to serve their time. But we have to see people differently when we look through God's eyes than we do through our eyes. Do you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that, we ha- that our opinion necessarily changes anything about them, but we start feeling a love for them and realize that, man, they need Jesus. They need Jesus to come and change their life. They need Jesus, and then it makes you want to pray for them. Can I tell you that somebody that you have disdain for or, or you don't have nothing to do with, it's harder to pray for that person. But whenever you look at them and you start seeing them through the eyes of Jesus and you start realizing they're a human being too, they need Jesus today. I want to pray for them and believe that God is going to do a work in their hearts and in their life. We pray and ask God. That's the second step. Lord, I want you to reveal to me how you see others. I want to look at the other masterpieces that you come in contact with every single day. And the third thing is start serving. Don't wait for the perfect time. Don't wait until you feel like it's served now. And if you're going to find unity and be one, then it's important to recognize ourselves and others as the masterpieces that God created us to be. Amen? I want to do something this morning. I meant to get these out earlier. William, will you grab the communion cups that are back there in that? We're going to serve one another. They're right there on that 
ledge there. Yeah, there. If you'll just bring them up here and set them here. Here's what I want us to do. I want to have one person from every row to come and get enough for the people in your row. You may have four or five people in your row, however it is. I want one person to come, and I want you to grab these, and I want you to serve that row with communion. I believe that there's no better way for us to serve one another than by taking communion. Amen? I believe that's one of the greatest things that we can do is being a service to one another. It's just serving each other, believing that we're going to receive this today. Anybody else need one? If you need help, you can somebody will help you. We're going to serve each other this morning. I want you to think about this for just a moment. This is one of the last things that Jesus did with his disciples before he left this earth. They were all gathered in the upper room. They were sitting around. It was just him and his disciples, very intimate. And he was talking to them, and he started passing around the bread and breaking it, passing it to each one of them. They were, then he drank the juice together, and he told them that this represents him. And he said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. That's what Jesus said. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do it in remembrance of me. And that's what we're here to do this morning. We're here to do this in remembrance of Jesus. Let me tell you something. There's no better way There's no better way to think about others and to think about Jesus and what he did than to have communion. Amen? Amen. Does anybody else need one? Anybody? Okay. I want to read a scripture to you. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Can we pray? Lord, I just come to you right now. I pray for each one of these pieces, this piece of wafer, this bread. God, I just pray right now that you would just bless this, God, as we are here together, fellowshipping with one another, having communion with one another. As a community, 
as a group of one, one body of believers. God, I pray that you bless this. Help us to remember what your body went through. That as you took those stripes upon your back, as the, as the side went through, as the spear went through your side, the crown of thorns was placed on your head, the nails in your feet and hands. Everything that you took, you did it for us. Each of us. Every sinner, every person, you did it for us. And today we're remembering that. And then Lord, I also pray for this juice that we have in front of us. This juice that represents your blood that flowed from your head to the soles of your feet. That as they pierced your, your skin, they pierced your hands and your feet, that blood just flowed. And at your death, they pierced your side and the blood and water flowed. Lord, we come to you and we just thank you for that blood. Thank you for that blood that was shed on the cross. Help us to never forget. Help us to always remember who you are. And we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can take both of these at this time. Can we pray? God, I just thank you. Lord, I praise you, Lord. Praise you for every person that's here. God, if anybody's here struggling, figuring out who they are in you, God, I pray that they see themselves as that masterpiece that you've created. God, if there's anyone here that's struggling looking at other people, maybe they're enemies, people that they have, that they have had conflicts with in years past, Lord God, I pray that they look through your eyes and they see them as the masterpiece that you've created them to be. God, help us to see ourselves, help us to see others, God, as, as people that you love and that you care for. And that we're going to do everything that we can to reach out to those people. God, that you would give us the desire, give us the, everything that we need to do what you're calling us to do, God. Help us to serve in ways that we've never thought about. Maybe you're touching people's hearts right now. You've been speaking to their hearts. They need to step up and step out and do the things that you've called them to do. God, I give you praise. I give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. God's good. I want to ask, do you care to just play something? We're going to take just a moment. We're going to get our graduates together, and, uh, and we're going to just... Uh, if if um, if you have kids or or babies, and we're going to just bring everybody into the sanctuary this morning, and we're going to celebrate. We have a couple of graduates with us this morning, and we're going to celebrate them. So.